Hello and welcome to Misal. My name is Zahed and I'm your host. On this podcast, I talk candidly with the most innovative minds working towards building a better startup economy in Pakistan. In this episode of the Misal podcast, I invite you to listen in on my conversation with Umar Shah. He's a co-founder and CEO of Collabs, a Lahore-based co-working startup that enables startups, entrepreneurs, and freelancers to build and grow their businesses. Our conversation covers a broad range of topics, such as Collabs' recent seed funding of $3 million from top-tier VCs, productizing essential back-end services to startups, and providing customized solutions to a growing segment of enterprise customers. We also discuss hiring, funding environment, and exit opportunities for startups. Let's listen in. Uh, welcome, Omer, to the Missile Podcast. How are you? Uh, very well, Zahid. How are you? I am doing well. So I, are you joining from Colab's location or are you working from home? No, no. I'm joining from Colab's. Um, I <laughs> sit, sit in the marketing room, so I share a desk okay. along with a lot of other people here. Well, uh, first of all, let me just congratulate you on uh, raising your seed round, uh, $3 million from like the three of the best VCs in the game. So yeah. just tell me more about the deal. We started Colabs back in June 19, right? And yeah. um, one thing that we were very cognizant about was that we didn't want to have very high cash burn. So we had bootstrapped the company for the first uh, two, two and a half years. And uh, basically everything was self-funded. We had some angel um, investors, like very small checks. Otherwise, I myself invested quite a lot into the company um, as a founder. Um, I think it was back in September um, or October, right after um, Fatma, who is my chief operating officer, who enjoyed us from uh, Keep Trucking, said that, well, why don't you raise? And um, I said that, I mean, we're not burning cash. Uh, we're growing as we grow as well. And um, I don't think we need to. And I think that's when also uh, people like uh, Faisal Aftab and uh, Faisal Chaudhary from Zen, they said, but guys, you've really created something so special inside sort of Pakistan that it's not just a place for startups, but anyone walking into the space, they get to meet people, they get to network, startups are meeting investors through you. You're doing so much over here and you're doing all the back office support as well. So the idea was they said that you should really look to do a round. I think we, I think... Um, Fama joined us maybe September. Um, October, November, I realized that I stepped back from the day-to-day with operations, which is everything that goes on inside the spaces and actually started focusing on sort of um, growth strategy, started putting together a deck. And um, so my background also is venture and private equity. Spent seven, okay. eight years doing that in global markets. So I started connecting to a lot of the people abroad and seeing how to find is this something that, because I mean, there's a lot of negativity around WeWork and now there's yes. the Apple TV show <laughs> on it. We crashed. I was just, I, f- funny you mentioned it. I was just watching it uh, like a couple of hours ago. I was just watching the first episode. Yeah, so exactly. I think the idea was that we would be very cognizant about the fact that you want to burn cash. And I think we opened the round, um, it was mid-December. Right, and mid December is not a great time to open the round because people are going on holiday, they're coming back, whatnot. I think yeah. by the second week of January, we had got so much interest because a lot of I understand that Collabs is not your typical SaaS, um, it's a traditional sort of brick and mortar business, but I think yeah. because we really built something that is really special, and the idea was that we want to scale it up all across the country. I think that's when um, we managed to bring in everyone. And I mean, I remember I had a call with Atif on uh, Thursday 
And um, what was great was he said that what you've built is just super interesting because it's there to support the ecosystem and just coming into collabs, you get that energy and the vibe of wanting to sort of, I mean, work or connect and also sort of the back office support we're trying to do. So I think what was very key was that having the three main sort of gatekeepers or the three main players come in together, which hasn't happened before, I think was there. And I think that's where we sort of Build down the ethos on, okay, we want to build these spaces all across the country. We want sort of collapse to be Karachi or Islamabad, open another 10,000 seats in the next sort of two years. And then the next five years, open these spaces all into tier two cities and other markets. And then going into sort of the back office solution, which is your payroll processing, your, I mean, compliance, setting up a company, bookkeeping tax, and also sort yeah. of trying to build up. And that we haven't, we are still building those products today. We are looking to sort of understand what is it that people will want to sort of bring in and how the ethos is. So I think it was very key was that it was very interesting. And I mean, interesting to me as well, because I, mean, I, I used to work in private equity and private equity is very, very diligence oriented, five-year performance, positive cash flows, what the company is doing. Um, venture obviously is more around your TAM, the team and what the opportunity yeah. is. And I mean, that's so and that's so it's super exciting. And um, I think we're super, super pumped. Um, are we want to open Islamabad and Karachi in the next six months? And uh, okay. we're really expanding the team. Uh, we built a great team mm-hmm. here. And um, I think the reason for announcing the round, because I think people had known that we had raised and I even yeah. told some of them, I said, maybe I should just put out, I was talking to Zubair. So Zubair Paracha is one of our advisors. Yes, I yes. said that maybe yeah. I should just do a LinkedIn post. And then people, hey guys, we've raced, okay? Uh-huh. And he said, uh-huh. but what, you want to I mean, get good talent, you want to create the hype and all that. So I said, fine. And it was great that we got TechCrunch and we got quite a few other people covering it. So yeah, um, it was exciting. Yeah, yeah, that's that's excellent. Yeah, I mean, it's important. It's important to announce it. Uh, and I think uh, Zubair is, of course, the best in the game. Uh, he's no longer doing those things, but he's still the best. He's a legend. Um, so, okay, so you mentioned the team. Like, how many people are we talking about? That? How many people are currently working with Colab? Our team today is 100 plus, um, okay. but also includes operations, which includes your sort of uh, blue-collar workers. So uh, if you take just the management team, we're about 45 to 40, about 50 people which is okay. quite a lot of people for just, I mean, co-working spaces, managing offices. But I think the idea is that we've really built functions like strategy, finance, uh, technology. Now we're actually building out a product team. Um, okay. so, and also we have a whole events and ecosystem partnership team. Yeah. So their focus is basically around engaging with the startups that's inside our spaces, engaging with mm-hmm. all the communities that exist today, either in Pakistan or outside of Pakistan, and trying to sort of come up with sort of programs and activities to engage and sort of inter- have them interact with each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, uh, co-working spaces, like there are multiple other, you know, of course, you have competitors doing the same thing too. So, like, I, I guess what differentiates you from what I've read is, like, you know, you're providing the back-end support and everything. So, was this something that you always wanted to do or was this something that you thought about once you started talking to startups? I think... So- I, I step back a moment and tell you about why we opened Colabs and I mean, just my journey around as well. So when I moved yeah. back to Pakistan, um, I used to come to Pakistan. I mean, I'm from Lahore. I grew up here, went to school there. I moved abroad in 20, uh, 2007, went to my university and I was in London. I was in Dubai, then I was in Mexico, Turkey, back in Dubai, London. Um, okay. I think when I moved back... Um, I think 25th, uh, moved back I remember coming to Pakistan as an investor. 
right? At the time, um, regards to entrepreneurship, there was uh, Dr. Umar Saif in the PITB. Yeah. There was the Plan Nines, yeah. Chance of Book Me, yeah. Aya, Putari, Aya, Mango yeah, Bars, yeah. SE companies, yes, um, yeah. Plan Nines, right, right. Ke baad, NICs were not right? right. As the NICs were being built, right, you saw sort of the Nest IO come up, NICs as well. Yeah. One thing was that most of the incubation centers were basically based around grant models. There was a five-year yeah. grant. And because it was a grant, there was not sort of focus or push to grow exponentially. And yeah. I mean, it became more sort of government-based organizations or organizations yeah. that are backed by universities, more around that. The other, op- and then I realized that, okay, fine, I mean, I, I want to be involved in startups, but I still want to build, build a business that has a North Star metric, that is revenue or sort of yeah. a, a single metric which you can grow exponentially and you can have that 3-4x growth each year. So I think yeah. the idea was that I, I saw a big opportunity where co-working spaces existed in the market, but they were just sort of floor, seats, beanbags, PlayStation, very sort of casual based sort of spaces and I think the idea was that we wanted to create these large centers where you have the core product which is great which is your private offices and co-working which provides you create sort of I mean committed rental revenues which are sort of committed on the back of deposits and advances but then I think the point was that you want to provide the startups ecosystem support uh, which is what we do today through our workshops and trainings and then the back office so the back office Mm -hmm. is something that if you go to markets like Saudi or you go to markets mm-hmm. like Beirut or you go to markets like um, other Asian markets, I mean, you go to a co-working space to help you get your visa, set up your company, uh, do all of that. And I remember um, I met the Swivel team um, in back in 2019 and they said that it took us 12 days to set up in Nairobi, it took us 92 days to open operations in Pakistan, right? So I was like, okay, why? Because then I realized, okay, so they either have to go through the government they come to the NIC. So I said that if we can act as that one facilitator who can mm-hmm. help from the whole, and I mean, we still have not figured out what we want to focus on. Is it just the back office? Is it the payroll? Is it like what Deal is doing in the US? Yeah. But they're hiring remote yeah. workers and doing the contract. So that's what we're Deal is actually expanding in Pakistan too. Exactly. Rapidly. Yeah. Talal yeah. has joined there, I know. Yeah. Yeah. The idea is that we want to see what's here. And I think. Um, it was in startup grind. Uh, we got one of our first clients, which was, I mean, um, a U.S. health EMS uh, company. That two brothers they came to us and they said that, okay, we're sitting in, we have a PM and we're sitting in an office, but we want to come into collabs, but we want you to manage our payroll, and we want you to process it, and we want you to do the back office. So okay. I mean, that's what we did at the beta did really well okay. because I mean right now because in processing payroll is what okay you need to do a local tax compliant set up all the employees give them contracts and then process it once a month make sure it's done in a second right so the idea is that we were already doing it and we already do it today uh, we do it manually today but the idea is that we want basically our building for that where we actually are building a product on the back of that and the idea is that I mean we want to be that gateway into Pakistan so if you are yeah. someone who wants to enter or you a startup looking mm-hmm. to start off, Colab should not just be giving you a space, but Colab should actually be helping you, I mean, network, help you find your first client, help you do mm-hmm. a product market fit, or I mean, help you sort of engage with what's going on in the community. And I think NICs are great for building out the early stage, but if you look at 98% of the funded startups in the last 12 months, 
they have not none of them have come out of the NICs. They are founders yeah, yeah. like myself who have moved back and they don't want to start off with their own office. Plus a new business starting off does not want to spend money on buying an air conditioner, buying furniture, yeah. doing all of that. Plus also yeah. with all the work-life balance and remote work becoming so big post-COVID, I think the world is changing towards the fact that people really want to move towards sort of flexible spaces and want to be in spaces where they can actually meet new people. Like today we have six fintechs that sit here. Just on the back of those six fintechs, anyone looking to start a fintech was like, oh, we want to start at Colas because maybe we can interact with those founders. We can understand those teams, what they do. And yeah. um, that's basically, I think, uh, the essence. So, I mean, when you say like you will be expanding to like Islamabad and Karachi and all those locations. So when you go into a new market, uh, what do you do? Do you hire someone on the ground who takes the lead? And do you purchase? I don't think you purchase buildings. You probably sign up leases, right? Yeah. So you do leases, long-term leases, and then you basically renovate the place the way you want to make it look like. So do you like hire based on the city, or do you just, you know, you yourself take the lead and like go and launch a city? So right now, I mean, we were just in Lahore, so we have three locations mm-hmm. there today. We have about twelve hundred seats. Our third location is actually going live next month. And we've already sold out half of that location. Um, I think with new markets, um, so it's very key is that we're trying to hire today. Two key hires that we're mm-hmm. trying to bring on is a GM South, which is someone who is based out of Karachi and knows the ecosystem. He doesn't need to have real estate or construction experience because we've developed a playbook like a, like a hotel. So we know exactly how collapse would design, and also on top of that events and everything else that we do, which is the um, thing on top. But I think the idea is it's trying to hire people and then giving them the lead. So like today we're interviewing for um, both Islamabad and Karachi. And um, the idea is to bring on people that we think understand the market, have a great sort of contacts and great people on the ground and then have them sort of uh, and replicate what we've done in other sort of spaces in those markets. Is there something that you'd look for when hiring? Because when the way you're growing, like you will be interacting with a lot of people. And uh, is there something that you'd really look for in someone when making a hiring decision? Uh, there's one thing. So at Colabs, yeah. I mean, anything else, I mean, they're autonomous teams, they operate themselves. But I always do a final interview of anyone down from an intern to maybe okay. head of department. And that's the culture okay. fit, right? Uh, okay. I think the yeah. reason being is that um, being in a high growth startup, and I mean, previously as well, when I've worked in sort of uh, venture, uh, what's very, very key is having those people that have the drive, the motivation, the grit. With regards to sort of hiring and what we're doing, obviously there are multiple positions open today. And in the next few weeks, we'll be looking to sort of in the next 12 months, we look to double our team, right? Or maybe 3x. Yeah. Um, I think the idea is that uh, people who have the drive, the motivation, the grit, even if someone has a degree in finance or they have a degree in history or, or politics, I feel that if they have, in today's world, if you have uh, the motivation or the sort of grit to sort of go and sort of perform, uh, that's sort of very key. So I think it's very, very important to look at is culture and seeing that are they motivated enough to do this? Because working in a startup is not a typical nine to five, right? It yeah. does not involve one JD. 
JD can move 17 times uh, in yeah. a startup. Like, I mean, the people here who join us to do one thing and they end up doing totally something different and then they move from team to team. So I think that's very uh, key to have is having an open mind and having, and mm-hmm. also believing that, okay, we're going to become the next unicorn. We're going to be opening all across the country. We want to become the national brand where any entrepreneur, when they start off, they understand so that's something that's key how do you feel about hiring right now uh, because i have heard like you know it's really difficult to hire good talent uh, there is a lot of uh, you know issues with like you know you are i mean people are having hard time startups are having hard time keeping employees also once they hire them because you know people might just leave uh, because they got a better offer from a different startups and since money is no issue a lot of these startups are raising money uh, and so money is no issue right so how is that working out for you yes i think for us um one key reason for announcing the raise and doing the round as well was hiring because okay. previously you could bring on good talent and you didn't have much competition. But today with the amount of capital coming into startups, it's like a frenzy. It's no longer sort of a fair market in regards to sort of bring in talent. I mean, today the best talent chooses which company they want to go to. It's not about there's a lack of jobs. It's the other way around. Um, yeah. I think uh, with regards to hiring, um, that's something that today, because I, I give you an example. We announced around on Friday. Today's Monday. Mm-hmm. I put a note out on LinkedIn. I've got 65 CVs in the last three days. Direct emails to me. Just, I mean, just an example, because I think the main output of announcing the raise also, when you become a venture-backed company, people do want to come work for you because they feel that, okay, maybe we'll be part of a bigger journey. Maybe we'll be the next Kareem and whatnot. So that's the end. I think what's very key is ESOP. So, I mean, we've now, I mean, as part of the round, we've put in a very good ESOP and we want to sort of put out a policy where you sort of lock in those employees. And I think that is something that helps you sort of retain. And that's where someone, if someone is earning, let's say, I don't know, 100,000 and they get offered 150, if they have an ESOP, the idea to retain them or to retain that retention is much easier as opposed to sort of just sort of being on top. So that's something that we're trying to build in and very key with regard to what we're doing today. Okay. So about the ESOP, the, you know, uh, what is it like, uh, like, is it still, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm used to hearing four years. Is that, is that the case in Pakistan too? Yeah. I mean, four years I, think, vesting. I yeah. think ESOP is standard. I mean, four years yeah. vesting, you have a standard cliff one year. And okay. I mean, some companies are doing three years. Uh, some companies actually do a four year ESOP and they feel that post the second year, employees are uninterested. So then they give them something called a boxcar that I recently heard. And then they give them sort of a one-year extension where they get granted additional shares in year three and year four. So they end up staying five, six years. Yeah, I mean, that that's great. That's that's why people work at startups. So I work for a startup too. So I have some idea about that. My startup that I work for, we are based in Palo Alto, but we have a San Francisco office. That San Francisco office is actually a WeWork uh, location. Okay. Uh, so we work basically we, we signed up a lease with we work and then we made them do certain things with the location to make sure it has our branding and everything yeah. is that something collabs is also doing or is it mostly right now it's just like you know just bringing in other startups or smaller startups without having to like you know restructure the floors or the floor plan we started off just i mean standard offices four six eight twelve fifteen but in the last two years, I mean, 30% of our clientele today are enterprise clients. So our third okay. facility, which has about a 500-person location uh, facility, which was opening next month, 
half of that facility are large offices. So, I mean, we have okay. large startups where we do everything from their branding, their designing, standard meeting mm-hmm. rooms, conference rooms. We signed mm-hmm. up Rocket Internet in March 2021. And Rocket Internet's a company called Genie, which is a ride-hitting business in Jordan and Saudi, they wanted a custom floor. So everything from their own meeting rooms, the CTO office, even like a designated area where they have PlayStation and games. We did the whole floor design respects. And I think today mm-hmm. as we grow as well, I mean, we've realized that the customer journey at Colabs is typically the startups takes like maybe they start for two or four desks, then they take a small office and take a medium. I think post going at post 20 people, it's all customized solutions. So today I would say that 30% of our clients are customized solutions. I mean, in this new facility, 50% of them are larger offices, which are 50, 75, 100 person offices where clients have fully customized floors. Okay, 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 that's great. Okay, so now let's come to startups. Since you mentioned like, you know, back in the day, Patari and Plan 9 and all those things. So I, I guess you are like best suited to ask this question. Uh, what do you see that's changed since that time? Now, what are the what are the, what what are the issues before uh, compared to what are the issues startups are facing right now? So, uh, so with Patari, I'm actually an investor in Patari. I sit right. on the board yeah. of Patari yeah. as well. I think the biggest difference is that back in 2016, 17, 18, there was very little access to capital. There was just Samayakar yeah. um, and Farpan Ventures, right, at the right. time. And um, they were great founders. They were great companies. But uh, for them to scale, um, there was difficulties because uh, I think talent was limited because people were not mm-hmm. moving back. Today, you see people from Ivy Leagues um, applying for mm-hmm. startups in Pakistan because they feel that, okay, we want to be part of a bigger journey. And yeah. um, I think the other part is that I think at the time, People were not ready for Pakistan. They just thought that it was still all those optics around sort of, I mean, not a safe place. I mean, I, I'm corruption and X and Y and Z. And I, I remember, so, I mean, uh, 2014, uh, we, used to, we, we had a Pakistan fund through the company I used to work at Abraj Capital, right? The yeah. only investors in the fund were your USAID, IFC, CDC, FMO not your typical investors, right? In the last, um, I think, three years, and especially in the last 24 months, you have companies like mm-hmm. Tiger coming into the country, like Kleiner Perkins investing, and more and more startups really sort of, not startups, more US or European-based VCs and investors coming into the market. So today, actually, it's the opposite. There's a huge amount of capital available and their good quality deals are limited. That's why today, I mean, it's a founder's market as opposed to investor's market. And today, if you have a great idea, you are a strong founder, you have a good sort of team, it is not hard for you to raise capital. And that is what advice I give to startups today and to founders as well, that it's very, very easy to sort of raise and to sort of answer and manage. And I think that is the main uh, differentiating factor is that Pakistan today has become much more. Just in the last four days, I mean, I give you one example. I mean, I think I've hosted maybe six different types of investors from different countries, from like Malaysia to London, from India to like, I mean, I mean, Europe to Brazil. And they've just, I think they were all supposed to be coming to Future Fest, which is supposed to be happening last weekend, but a lot of them still ended up making the trip. Um, And um, 
today, I think everyone and anyone talks about Pakistan. Um, I mean, I, I, I worked in emerging markets for about six years. A lot of my colleagues are based out of Singapore, Mexico, London, Vietnam, Turkey, Africa. Um, I get calls in the last six months every single day. I, re, I mean, every, at least once a week saying that, okay, this is, we're looking at this in Pakistan, looking at this in Pakistan, we're looking at X and Y and Z. And these are, I mean, investors that have never looked at Pakistan before. So, I mean, I think today Pakistan is very, very ripe. So, anyone wanting to solve for a problem that people have been able to solve for in the West, in Europe, mm. you look at Indonesia or Egypt and India, obviously much bigger market. But, I mean, if you have a solid team, you can do it. Where do you think the ecosystem is going? Like, when you have so much capital coming in, like, I mean, I'm sure the investors can be patient for five, six years, and then eventually they would want to look at, you know, how the, you know, the exit opportunities, right? In any market, um, like if you look at Indonesia or you look at Egypt five years ago, even if you look at the Middle East, um, the first few years is when people are sort of coming in, they're investing, they will be companies that crash, there will be companies that grow exponentially, right? So I think that in the next, in around 2023, 2024, these two years, you will see really these companies like today, Pakistan has maybe a handful of companies that you can count on both your hands that have done maybe a series B or series C. Yeah. I don't think there are more than yeah. 10 companies that have done a series B or C. Um, I yeah. think by 2015, 16, once people are doing sort of series E's or D's is when before that either they get acquired or you see actual exits sort of happening in the country. You already see acute hires happening. I think there's... Um, Abwab, which is the Jordanian. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I think yeah. recently Jugnu also has an investor that's come in uh, from Saudi, right? I think the Jugnu round that was done a few days ago. Yes. So yeah. you see, uh, and I think there's also a trucking startup. I forget the name. I, I'm not sure if it's truck yeah. it, truck it in one of these that was sort of done. So you already see that happening today, but not to that level because they are mostly being hired. But I think today what you will see happening in the next few years is that you will see the first few exits that take place. And I think for companies that are based out of the US, based out of Europe, that have the amount of excess cash, um, they will, instead of looking to start in a market like Pakistan, like I remember um, when Amazon um, had put in a bid for Souk in the Middle East, right? Souk was the best company uh, there by far. And initially Souk was looking to get sort of uh, acquired or there's another a few or it was actually raising a round right but i think once they were raising the round it was like a few hundred million dollar round back in 2017-18 i remember seeing the presentation uh, sent by goldman sachs because they were the sell-side advisor on souk and i think i i the, the word in the market was that jeff bezos has come to the middle east and he wants to acquire it and eventually he did, they did end up acquiring souk for i think it was seven to eight hundred million dollars i mean something close to a billion but the main reason was because Amazon thought that, okay, if we start from scratch, it will take us one, two, three years and we will have to invest a lot. This company has already built something which might not be the next sort of, um, might not be the Amazon equivalent, but we can spend the next 12 months or 18 months changing it and, and actually acquiring it. And that is what you see in a lot of markets like Turkey and Egypt, Indonesia as well. So I think that in Pakistan today, that is something that we will see um, happening um, shortly. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, the one, of course, most recent example is, of course, the Uber acquiring Kareem also, where Kareem had that exit. Um, but, I mean, personally, I don't agree with that exit. <laughs> I, I just think Kareem made a mistake. But uh, for Uber, it was a great, great thing because, you know, it got the market share and it was competing neck to neck with the Kareem at the time. So, uh, so besides being like, you know, uh, creating a startup that is uh, very enticing to investors so that they get acquired. Do you feel there will be like, you know, a IPO in Pakistan stock exchange? See, um, on the Kareem and Uber, so I was part of the firm that did the series B, series A for Kareem, right? Abraj. Mm-hmm. I remember when they did the first $25 million check. So we saw that whole thing play out and um, I just moved back to Dubai. So we had Abraj and that, that investment was done. I think what is very key to note, and we also, as a firm, helped Kareem enter Egypt, Saudi, and other markets that they were not in. I think the main thing to point out is that a company like Uber, whose roots are Western, US, they never always, I mean, contact support was on text, no cash transactions. I think because Kareem won the talent game with regards to localization, understanding markets like Pakistan, Egypt, um, Saudi. That is why eventually Uber decided, okay, fine, these guys are venture funded. We need to come and acquire them. And I I, I mean, you might not agree with the exit, but I mean, I feel that it was great because Uber became such a big giant. And when you become a huge giant, it is very hard to compete, right? Like today, with regards to food delivery, I mean, other than Food Panda today in Pakistan, there are very few players that can actually match or do that because Food Panda has such big pockets. The same way when Deliveroo entered Dubai, it was just Deliveroo and today it's Uber Eats. No other player was able to compete because when you're spending like tens of millions of dollars a month, it is very, very hard to compete in these markets. Um, with regards to an IPO, I think the biggest uh, misconception and the biggest mistake today, I feel, is that... Um, the valuations that today tech companies are getting through the venture rounds, unfortunately, the Pakistani market does not value them at the same levels, right? So a PSX-based IPO, a PSX-based IPO would not end up being uh, the best for a traditional sort of tech company here because I feel that even if you take companies today, like I give you so Systems Limited is a is a, one of the largest uh, IT companies in Pakistan. My uncle is the founder and chairman. So I closely have seen Systems as well in terms of how they've built up such a big business over the past few years. And today, if you look at uh, the market cap or what the PSX in terms of how they give them the value, I don't think it's, mm-hmm. I mean, I think if they were listed today in the U.S., and they had their sister companies, which are based in Sri Lanka and I mean Europe and whatnot, as part of that. It'd be much, it'd be a much higher value. And I mean, if you take, if, I mean, I, I'm not an expert on the PSX, but I mean, if you take the top ten or twenty companies in the PSX today, um, they are at anywhere from even the top thirty, they would be starting from maybe a hundred million dollars going up to a few billion dollars where you have companies like UBL and whatnot that are there. Um, today, if you take majority Series A's or Series B's happening in the country, um, the valuation is anywhere from 50, 60 million dollars up to mm-hmm. two, three, four hundred million dollars, right? And my assumption is that each round these companies are doing, 
the dilution is between I would say 15 to 25 30 percent so just doing sort of back of the envelope math over there I mean any series A series B or series, any series B or post series A I mean if they're a high value company is yeah. worth the same as the top as, 30 companies yeah. in Pakistan. Yes. And um, it is very phenomenal because, I mean, you say, okay, these companies are small companies or small teams. Other companies are giants like ICI, Nestle, Unilever, Angro, or cement companies. And why is there such a valuation arbitrage? But then you look at, yeah. I mean, look at Facebook, Meta, look at all these other companies. They were tiny companies yeah. earlier and today. Yeah. I mean, and you compare yeah. Xerox to a Tesla yeah. or to an Apple, I yeah. mean, it's the same, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you you have raised money from like, you know, like five, you know, really uh, well-known investors in Pakistan, Pakistan-focused investors, of course. Um, so you have raised money from three of them. So was th- was this like more strategic, like you really wanted them on your cap table or was it just happened that way? I think um, it. I did want them on the cap table. Um, it was strategic as well, but um, it did end up happening, right? I mean, uh, our lead investor, which is Atif Bai, who's super great, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. um, it was done literally in a week, right? And um, I think the main reason uh, for the consensus to get all three together was that if you look at the three portfolio, the portfolio of the three, it is your main sort of startup ecosystem today. And the idea was that for them, and I think most people today, collabs is very strategic, right? Strategic in the sense that we want to open these spaces across the country. We are supporting startups. So for them to back us is a way of sort of trying to say that, okay, we are backing the ecosystem and we are acting as that ecosystem support. So I think that's where sort of um, the strategic value comes into place. And that's how we sort of built that consensus well uh thank you thank you uh Mark, for your time uh and really like pleasure talking to you and once again uh congratulations on the round and hopefully like we'll hear more rounds soon uh in a couple of years and wish you all the best thank you so much Bye. thanks for listening to the missile podcast i hope you enjoyed the podcast and will thank me by writing a review or sharing it on social media make sure you follow and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode thanks again see you soon